0: Welcome to Stacking M's, the podcast where we talk about marketing, money and mindset because stacking millions won't happen without a consistent focus on those things. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing expert and coaching consultant who spent 14 years working with major corporations and Fortune 500 companies, helping them with their marketing to make them millions. So this podcast is a place for me to help product based and consumer business owners like you, learn how to optimize your marketing to make more, learn how to leverage your money, and how to invest to grow your business. Also, we're talking about how to make sure your mindset is always elevating so you can actually enjoy this ride. Turn up the volume, prepare to take some notes, and get ready to really stack those M's. Welcome to another episode of Stacking Ms, where we talk about marketing, money and mindset for your business. My name is Tara Payton. I am a marketing consultant and business coach. And I am joined today by a very special guest, Miss Maya Elias. Um, Many of you may know her for her Built to Impact brand and coaching. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But the real reason I have her here today is to talk about her brand, Rebellious, and how that got started. So... Before we jump into Rebellious, tell the people who you are, what you do, how you got to this place.
1: Yes, so my name is Maya Elias, and I'm the CEO of Built to Impact and Rebellious, which are two completely different companies. So Built to Impact is my first company. It is a coaching company for female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who want to monetize their expertise and uh, build their personal brand and run a profitable service-based business and rebellious is my newest company um it's not even a year old yet it is a a fitness apparel company and it's been really interesting learning how to do marketing on the e-commerce side so Mm -hmm. those are the two things that i focus on
0: so what
1: was the inspiration behind rebellious the inspiration behind rebellious um funny enough rebellious Fit was actually supposed to be Rebellious Beauty. This lipstick that I have on is actually Rebellious, which is not intentional.
0: So does that mean we have a beauty line coming out later? It may. Okay, that's dropped here on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) It may come
1: out, but... um before the pandemic in 2019 i was wearing makeup and lipstick more frequently and people kept asking me uh there was a, p- a specific shade that i was wearing and people were like what shade is that i love mm-hmm. it it looks so good on you and the company that i was wearing um they went out of business and so mm-hmm. i reached out to them because i wanted to just buy their business i'm like well if they're not in business but they already have these colors they might already have a list mm-hmm. i wanted to see if i would just be able to um, buy their company, but I never heard back from them. I guess obviously yeah. nobody was checking the email uh-huh. since they were out of business. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can't buy their business, let me just source my own lipsticks and, um, you know, run my own cosmetics company. I'll start out with lipsticks. Mm-hmm. And so I had sourced the products and I'm like, okay, great. I was thinking about what I wanted to do in terms of a launch date. And with Built to Impact, mm-hmm. I had done um 331,000 in 2019 with built to impact and i remember having a conversation with my friend and he's like i really think that you should continue focusing on built to impact and at least get to a million with that company before trying to push and launch a new one. Mm-hmm. So I did that, um took Built to Impact to a million, but it was also in the middle of a pandemic. So although I had taken Built to Impact to a million, mm-hmm. nobody's wearing lipstick in a pandemic because yeah, they're in the house. Raggedy. Right. You we were <laughs> okay. in the house or if you left the house you were wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll just table that whatever and of course during the pandemic everybody is gaining weight so you know the average person gained i think what like 15 pounds
0: it was like the freshman 15. it was like the freshman 15 exactly
1: so i started working out consistently um and i found this company i really liked their workout sets so Mm -hmm. i was wearing it consistently and people were like oh my gosh your workout sets are so cute Where do you get it from so i'm sending people to this company and we reached out to them um my partnerships manager reached out to them to see if we could do some type of collaboration or if they worked with influencers and they said we only work with fitness influencers well of course i'm not a fitness influencer i just have influence and enjoy fitness Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay well this company isn't going to pay me but people are are still purchasing i'm like i'll just make rebellious a, a fitness apparel company. So mm-hmm. that is how Rebellious came about. I'm always like, if people that. are asking me, then I'm a wow. seller.
0: Okay. And so what has been the response to Rebellious?
1: The response to Rebellious has been really cool. Um, been getting a lot of support. So mm-hmm. when I, I was still sourcing vendors and figuring out what I wanted. It was really fun and cool to have like the little sample sales and people like, mm. I just really loved the beginning of it, like that hustle of it where it's like I'm in my house. I'm sending out these packages by myself. I'm literally doing sales through the DMs. Mm-hmm. I'm like posting pictures of it in my bedroom and people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, I like that color, I'll buy it." So you know, that whole thing was really it was cool i love that the scrappy stage where it's fun and you don't feel like a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. um and then we had a formal launch for it so launch day was really good i think that week we maybe did like six thousand dollars so it was it was fun and i think what's so interesting about running rebellious versus running built to impact is like what i do you know What I do in a week at Build to Impact isn't Mm -hmm. even what I do in a month at Rebellious. So the numbers are so different, Mm -hmm. but I really respect the beginning process of where I am at Rebellious. I don't have this level of entitlement that I'll automatically be successful with Rebellious just because I have another successful company. So Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the scrappy beginnings of running Rebellious and... Just being excited about people supporting me.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because some people would call you crazy for having a million dollar brand, right? Growing that, um, scaling that, and then starting from scratch. Where was your mindset around that time frame? Like, what were you thinking? (laughs) That is a question I ask myself. Like, what what was
1: I thinking? Right. You know, I think. I almost forgot that it's like, okay, well, if I launch this thing, I have to like actually, it's this is not a temporary fun mm-hmm. project. It's almost like if you have a baby, it's like they're it's here. It's... for 18 plus years,
0: <laughs> yes. you know, their entire life.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like now that it's here, it's, you know, I either make it wildly successful or I get rid of it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let me see if I can make it wildly successful. So to be quite honest, I didn't, when I When I wanted it to be a cosmetics company, my thought and my vision was: I wanted something that I could pass down to my kids. This had Mm. my name in it. You know, Rebellious is a play on my name, Maya Elias, and my personality as a rebel. And I'm like, oh, this is something that I can, you know, pass down to my kids. It has her name in it, and I like that. I didn't, I didn't really ever have a thought process that I could patch, uh, pass down a coaching company or a service-based company. And Mm. so when I started Rebellious, that was my thought process.
0: What was the thought process? Why do you think you couldn't pass down a coaching company to your kids? Is it because you would think that they wouldn't want to be a coach or Mm -hmm. they wouldn't want to run it?
1: Right. My thought process at the time, and when I had that thought process, again, that was before Built to Impact was a seven-figure company and before I was really thinking like a CEO. So I'm thinking, oh, unless my kid wants to be a coach, they're not going to be able to run this company. Versus they can run this company and oversee coaches and oversee mm-hmm. programs. So I didn't even have that level of experience to even think that big. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, I'm like, well, if they don't want to be a coach, that's not going to necessarily work. But they don't have to be the face of the company to sell lipsticks or to mm-hmm. sell blushes or foundation.
0: Mm-hmm. So what were some of your biggest aha moments when you launch rebellious because you're an expert marketer right you help women master their message attract more customers and um design their signature offer and launch right Mm -hmm. so you're a expert marketer when you launch rebellious what were some of the biggest like oh shit, i I didn't expect that moments Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. um there's
1: a few different things Uh, I'm just really noticing a lot of the differences between service-based and product-based where service-based, like the profitability is much higher, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, um, and the ROI is faster, in my opinion, and just based off of my experience so far, right? So even if I want to sell something for Rebellious, it's like I have to take the time to test the quality. I have to wear the sets. I work out in the sets. Mm -hmm. I wash the sets. I test out Different layers of the product to make sure that I'm selling something of quality, mm-hmm. um, versus if it's service based or like a digital product, I can be like, oh hey guys, if you want to work with me over the next six months, here's the price point. I could put it on my stories and make twenty five thousand dollars. Like I mm-hmm. did that a few weeks ago, where I was like, I want five clients at five thousand dollars, and I only put in my stories in one post and mm-hmm. made twenty five thousand dollars in a couple of days. Versus product based. I'm having to test all of these things and buy these things up front because I'm still learning the industry of working with vendors. So it's just there's so many different factors I have to consider when it comes to product-based versus service-based. I can sell something that's literally not even tangible.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you started Rebellious, were you, would you say you, were, you nailed down your messaging automatically or was there a point when you had to shift and pivot mm-hmm. the brand?
1: Yeah. Um, when I started Rebellious, I didn't I didn't have clear messaging the moment that I came up with it. When it was still in the phases of, oh, this is going to be a lipstick brand. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted the messaging to be about not being the typical standard of beauty because mm-hmm. it was originally going to be Rebellious Beauty. So in my mind, I'm like, I'll have campaigns with um, people who don't meet the typical standard of beauty i'm thinking women with natural hair women with dark skin women with gap in their teeth that's what Mm -hmm. i'm thinking and i that message is still there i'm still refining you know who my customer is and paying attention to that Mm -hmm. so even transitioning to the fitness space it's like making sure that I'm not editing my body and my photos and I'm having different shapes, different sizes, different complexions Mm -hmm. in our photography and in our campaigns, because that is a part of being rebellious, just going against the grain, going against the standard.
0: Hey, real quick, it's Tara. I want to interrupt this episode to help you with something I hear from my community far too often. I get constant emails, DMs, and messages from e-commerce and product-based founders that are struggling with how to properly market their brands online for growth because thus far, they've posted online, they've told their friends and family, but they're not having any luck. So I decided to do something about it, and I put together a free gift for you. It's called the Profitable Marketing Playbook. Inside the playbook, you're going to learn what it takes for your brand to win online, the action steps that you need to take to create marketing campaigns that are going to get you paid. You'll even get access to the same framework that we use with my clients in order to consistently grow their visibility and sales. The playbook also includes a checklist because I know some of y'all love your checklist. And inside this checklist it's going to show you what to spend most of your time focused on, and it will cover the metrics that you need to monitor for each of your campaigns so you know if you're getting a good return. I know that you're tired of struggling with sales and you're ready to grow your brand so you can finally experience double-digit growth. So right now, I want you to go to www.profitablemarketingplaybook.com or scroll down to the show notes now to grab your free copy today. I think we talked about this a while ago. It was at one point you had realized you needed to do plus sizes for your brand you didn't Mm -hmm. have like all the plus sizes but you expanded into that Mm -hmm. what how did you get that information in order to know that you needed to expand to get more plus size options for your your customers
1: yeah because people would ask they'd be like oh my gosh this is so cute do you have it in plus size so I'm like okay well let me go ahead and Mm -hmm. look for plus sizes and that was definitely a challenging process because not a lot of vendors have plus size where they also have straight sizes. So it's like, it'll either be straight size or it'll be plus size. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to just have a plus size collection where it's like, here's cute stuff for the straight sizes. And then it's like, and other. Mm-hmm. So I was really taking my time to seek out vendors who had really cute designs um, in terms of like color pattern and how, it, how the fits were specifically designed four small two three or four x so Mm -hmm. and then i also wanted to make sure that it was quality so just taking into account all of those different factors was challenging but it was worth it because i know that's what my customer was looking for Mm
0: -hmm. nice and you also and have um, plus size models in Mm -hmm. your marketing as well Mm -hmm. which is a great way to speak to the target customer um i would love to to know from you because you've built such a successful coaching business What were some of the things that you were intentional about doing differently when you started Rebellious? Outside of like the, oh, this is fun phase, you know, packaging the orders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When you got over that, what were some of the things you were very intentional about doing differently to start and grow this business?
1: Um, The things that I instantly wanted to do differently was make sure that I was not doing everything by myself. Mm -hmm. So initially started out with an assistant and then hired somebody to do the email marketing I didn't even have the capacity to you know want to do all of these things for myself so mm-hmm. just making sure that I had a team who could run this and I just made sure that you know I was doing whatever I needed to do on my end to make sure that it was profitable
0: hmm mm-hmm. so thinking about like where you see rebellious going right what how long has have you been in business with rebellious now
1: um, I think I would, I would say seven months. Our launch was in April. That's it. April. I feel like yeah. it was longer. Maybe because know, you were cause promoting was,
0: it before, yes, right? Okay, right,
1: which a lot of people don't do, but it was like I was letting my audience know, hey, I'm testing out these pieces. Mm-hmm. What do you think of these colors? So mm-hmm. I had, obviously, the sets. I was building relationships with the vendors, but we didn't officially launch until April.
0: Okay, got it. So let's say two years from now, where do you see Rebellious?
1: really sexy and confident in the gym. That's 100% mm. my personality. I love looking good at all times, but I love looking good even traditionally in the gym when you're supposed to look slappy or you're supposed mm. to look sweaty. So I really, you know, want to be that athleisure company where people are like, I want to look good when I work out, when mm. I'm working on being the best version of myself. Um, I have no idea revenue wise where we'll be Mm. it's it's hard for me to say i mean you know i want to i want to take everything to seven figures as quickly as possible so i remember you know before hitting seven figures you know the the number everybody strived for was a hundred thousand you get to Mm a hundred thousand you realize what is a hundred thousand i want to do that monthly um but internally just seeing how much i can learn about this industry like how can i master e-commerce building relationships with vendors getting collections out there there are so many things that i'm learning that i need to pay attention to in order for this to be successful
0: what are some of those things you're learning you need to pay attention to um paying attention to creating
1: just wow factor experiences like it's not about selling oh it's a sweat wicking leggings Mm -hmm. it's high quality it's how do we create an experience out of selling this mm-hmm. and having very clear and specific goals And we shouldn't have this amount of inventory longer than four weeks? How are we going to make sure that we are pushing this out? How are we going to make sure we're selling this without having to put things on clearance in mm-hmm. order to sell? So those are so many different things that I'm learning and studying right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The product-based world is so intricate, and I think a lot of people, they don't, they get into the space without a clear understanding of all the things that it takes right Mm -hmm. so you're talking about managing your inventory inventory management making sure that um you know you have product on hand but not too much that Mm -hmm. you have to discount it and then you're you're losing money essentially because your product margins are being cut yeah um so were you clear on what it took when you got into the retail space into this brand? Or is this something that was just like, oh, I didn't know I had to pay attention to these things?
1: Right. I absolutely was not clear on it. All I knew when I launched this was that I knew how to market things and mm-hmm. I had an audience of people that trusted me and just how to sell things. But I didn't have any experience whatsoever in retail, in inventory management, in vendor relationships mm. um, for product based only for the service based side so mm. these are all things where it's like I've launched the business and I still have to to learn all of these things
0: right right um, what has been your biggest lesson as an entrepreneur
1: Who, my biggest lesson I mean there's just been so many it's so hard to choose one I don't even know if I could pinpoint one
0: you could give me three okay (laughs) this is now
1: transitioned into a master (laughs) class give me three lessons every entrepreneur should know um biggest lessons I can there's just so many different stages to entrepreneurship and I think that's why it's so hard for me to say what's my biggest because there's so many lessons based on the different stages I would say one of my biggest lessons this year has as a CEO has been understanding how important it is for me to walk in my authority as a leader from the standpoint of a coach who leads women who are my clients and a leader who leads a team. It's so incredibly important for me to understand um, what my responsibility is in my position as a leader in terms Mm -hmm. of what my clients expect from me and what my team expects from me and what I'm even expecting from myself, just setting a very clear standard on who do I need to be to make sure I'm getting the absolute best results. That's been my biggest lesson this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And was there anything that helped you learn that lesson or anything that helped you kind of navigate that space? Cause that's big, right? Going from essentially a solopreneur to now having a team of...
1: I have a team of three full-time people and for contractors
0: right so going from zero to seven Mm -hmm. right um you know what did anyone help you were there any things that you invested in to help you with that whole leadership process
1: yeah absolutely um of course just reading a lot of books and i have like mastermind peers that i mastermind with um by the grace of god i'm friends with people who run very successful companies um reached out to my close friend, James, who is just really excellent in terms of knowing how to build companies. But the reason I reached out to him is because he's the furthest thing from a people pleaser. And that is the most harmful thing in somebody who's meant to be a leader. Mm. And so that's where I recognized where areas where I dropped the ball, where I was supposed to be a leader, it's because I was too busy prioritizing people's feelings versus their future and i need to prioritize the future of my company i need to prioritize the future of my clients because that's essentially what they're paying me for right Mm -hmm. like how can i help them with their business not how can i take care of their feelings so having conversations with him and even having conversations with my therapist like okay what are how do i recognize the habits that i have that Um, cause me to pee up to people, please? Like, how do I recognize those triggers, so to speak? Mm -hmm. So working with a high-performance coach and working with a therapist has really helped me become more aware of things that could... Um, hold me back from being a better version of myself.
0: Got it. Got it. So I feel like this is a good time for me to ask you the question that I ask every guest. Um, Of course you know we focus on marketing, money, and mindset. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to give me on a scale of 1 to 10 where you feel you are with each one. So Mm -hmm. marketing.
1: 8.5.
0: Okay. Money.
1: 9. 9.
0: Mindset. Eight. Okay. You're high. I think you're probably one of the highest guests we've had. Mm. Okay. So marketing 8.5. What do you need to get you to a nine or a 10?
1: Um, we'll definitely be at a 10 in 2022, just Mm -hmm. creating wow factor experiences where nobody else can say they've done it. Nobody else can say they've seen it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, money. What's going to get, you said a eight? I said a nine. A nine. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you said a nine. Mm-hmm. All right, so you already pretty high up there. We don't even need to touch on that. <laughs> I mean, uh, that I can mean, always what do, you, be right, yeah. what do you better, Right. What do you want to get to get you to a 10?
1: Um, understanding how to manage my wealth.
0: Mm, what does that mean?
1: It's like, I know how to make a lot of money. I know how to have, well, I know how to have a lot of money in terms of keep it. I want to understand how to consistently grow my money and know the best places for it to go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right now it's obviously such a first world problem issue. It's like my issue is I don't know how to be rich well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like I have a lot of money, but I'm like, well, what do I do with it? Should I get a commercial space? Should I do Airbnb? Mm -hmm. Should I... Purchase a company. Sh- what am I supposed to be doing? So I want to make sure that I understand the best moves to make with my money, so that way my kids are taking care of, and my kids' kids, and my kids' kids' kids. So that's what I really want to master: with wealth management.
0: So getting into more investments and portfolio strategy and stuff like that with mm-hmm. your money. Okay, yeah. awesome. And then mindset. What What do you need to get you to that nine ten?
1: Um clear standards for my life mm. and especially for where i am now i think I, I grow so drastically so it's like my standards have to catch up with my reality of where i am in life mm. and um consistently working on not people pleasing
0: You mentioned something. You just say you grow so drastically that your standards have to catch up with where you are in life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What does that mean? Like, are you getting rid of certain things? Are you leveling up those standards? What does that mean?
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's essentially just like, how am I thinking about things? How am I approaching things like The same way that I would make a business decision at $100,000 or $200,000 is not going to be the same way that I process information or make decisions at $2.5 million. And Mm -hmm. so I wanna make sure that I'm not making decisions in my life based on the version of who I used to be. I Mm -hmm. wanna make elevated decisions. And so I have to continuously build that habit of, am I thinking at a higher level or am I thinking of the version of before I knew what I know now.
0: How do you get them to catch up, though?
1: Being around having the right environment, being mm-hmm. around other people who have one in a similar capacity, having the right conversations. Um, you know, I within my, my peer mastermind group, As I've mentioned, there are people who have done really well in business and we all pour into each other in different ways, but also being able to say like, hey, here's where I am in life or here's where I am in business and I'm struggling with this season. You know, who has been who has been where I am right now and what did you do or what was your learning lesson in that season? So having conversations and just leaning on people um, who have that level of wisdom that I might not have yet. Because Mm -hmm. of my lack of experience. Mm -hmm.
0: I know sometimes for me, when I get to that level of elevation or when it's time for me to elevate, I find myself fighting it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like you go kicking and screaming. like You're saying you want these things, right? But then you fight it with your actions. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you a fighter against the elevation? Or do you just kind of like embrace it, I'm here? I would say
1: that I embrace it, but I Mm. do think all of us um even if it's not conscious we we often subconsciously self-sabotage our next level.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wanna ask you this question, cause you are, you know, Maya is my coach. She has been my coach for several years. And I've always looked to her as someone who has been very strong in the mindset category. You know, she really focuses on mindset and how to show up and be your authentic self and be confident and things like that. So where do you get that from?
1: Oh man. I have asked myself that. I think it's a combination of things. I think that I definitely get the level of discipline from my father. Um, you know, I'm first generation American. So, you know, being the daughter of immigrants, it's like, you know, they came to this country to not play around. So I don't really play around when it comes to my success. Um, of course I would also give the credit to God. It's just how I'm designed. It's how I'm wired. It's how my brain works. And I appreciate that because I do think that there are also people who are tough because of their circumstances. I don't necessarily, I can't pin um, a specific traumatic situation that I've been through where it's like I had to be tough it's like I was tough because my father had to be tough and then that was instilled in me um, those those are the top two things that come to mind
0: mm-hmm. got it so this question a little bit unorthodox but I gonna ask you anyway okay what is the last time that you did something for the first time
1: I'm going to have to think on that because yesterday we did something different and new for our clients, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that it was, it was a first time doing it in that way, but it wasn't necessarily like a first time. So Mm -hmm. we invited like what we call like our all-star clients and we surprised them with like a makeup artist and a stylist and did a photo shoot for them nice. and did some you know videos for them but it's like i've worked with a makeup artist and a stylist before so that mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily new but i'm definitely going to to think on that
0: don't worry the first time i got asked that question i was like wait you gonna have to come back to me because mm-hmm. I, I don't you know, that's right. a deep question. Yeah. Because yeah. so often we get in our routines, we're doing the same thing every day. And, right, that's a really, um, that's a, a, you need that discipline as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? You need to have that routine. But it's like, what are you doing new? What are you doing different? Right. So, yeah, think about that and let me know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I definitely want to do things that are different. So, I've just been brainstorming what those things could be.
0: For Rebellious?
1: for built impact in okay. rebellious but yeah okay. built impact
0: you want to share some i don't even you know there, I, <laughs>
1: I will link up with my marketing director you my owner
0: <laughs> okay got it got it got it well listen thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today i really appreciate it can you let the people know where they can find you on social media how they can get in contact how they can buy those amazing fitness sets okay
1: yes thank you so much for having me so you can find me on instagram at maya Elias m-a-y-a-e-l-i-o-u-s and you can also follow rebellious fit at rebellious fit it's with one l so it's similar to my last name or go to rebelliousfit.com awesome thank you so much thank
0: you i hope you all enjoyed the episode and i will was-